Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody, here we are again. Uh, doing the podcast, so happy to be doing it, so happy to be here, hope you're doing alright, hope you're well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, well, it's September already, I can't believe that, this year is rocketing by, it's only a week ago and it was January, it's nuts out uh, uh, what's going on, um, yeah, oh man, sadness in the news though, sadness in the news, we've lost, we've lost, uh, Charlie Watts, the drummer with the Rolling Stones, that's a shame. Uh, one of the finest drummers ever created. Well, that's a, that was a shame. And Lee Scratch Perry as well. He's gone. He's got some great stuff going on. Lee Scratch Perry. Oh, a true one-off. R.I.P. to them, to those fellas. Um, yeah, and then you know we're, we're gradually getting back out there, aren't we? Where things are loosening. I've just got back from the Edinburgh Festival, and uh, that's been that was interesting because you forget that it's a different country, it's Scotland, isn't it? So you forget that it's there still a bit further back when it comes to your you know the uh the things the uh the lockdown restrictions but it was still good though it was good to be back good to be back up there and having a wander around that wonderful city loved it up there brilliant so thanks to everyone that came and to the people that um what I, that I bumped into up there some of the uh, the younger people that were graduating i was in the garden there and uh, had a bit of a chat with them. So nice one, nice one for for uh, listening to the podcast. Nice one for, to, for saying hello. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, before we get into this, there's a couple of things I need to I need to mention. We've got we've got some admin that we need to do at the top of the show. Um, we've got to say uh, we've got you know this podcast, as you know, is supported by those wonderful lads, Mark and Stacey of Save Our Souls Clothing. Good lads doing good things with their ethically sourced vegan-friendly garms. Um, they help us keep the lights on. They're good boys uh, doing good things. They've got a new, they've got a new range coming out uh, for 2021. So head to their website and check it out. And with that in mind, if you go to srsclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, and if you put in the uh, promo code membrane, that's all one word, you will get 15% discount across the store. That's not just for our hoodies and tees, we've been saying in the membrane, gloriously emblazoned down the front. That is across their website, across the, uh, their whole collection. They are, it's, it's, they've got some great stuff. And honestly, having worked with them closely, 
uh, and I wear their stuff all the time. It's, it's their, their stuff feels really nice. It's they're really good things. They, they make you look, they make you look cool. I mean, what's not to love about that? So go to their website, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, and you, and if you uh, put the code in membrane, that's one word, membrane, you get 15% off uh, discount across the store. Uh, and that's money off their range of uh, you know, that's what their range of everything there's men's, women's, there's kids stuff on there so get involved because they're good boys it's a great label and I, I, I'm so proud to have them on board and have them as friends we've also got uh, Islington Radio Festival coming up we, are, uh, we also have a radio show the Tuned Up Time Machine on the Mixcloud app which is through Islington Radio we're going to be closing the, uh, the festival the festival runs from the 10th to the 12th of September it's at the Archway Tavern up, in, up there in North London we've got some cracking stuff going on bands and all sorts and uh, we're going to be closing the show it's going to be a comedy night hosted by yours truly also some killer music that we are going to be curating and DJing so come along to that That's on. We will, we're going to be closing so we're going to be there uh, I think it's at 8pm 8 till 10pm uh, Sunday the 12th of September that's at the Islington Radio Festival so get onto that come along and see us uh, we're also planning more live events else, uh, with ourselves uh, in the autumn so uh, for priority access to live stream and in real life tickets pop your email address into our mailing list at darkhorsedigital.co.uk and we will see you at the shows alright that's the admin done at least we're not advertising mattresses yet. That's that's how you know you've really made it when it's mattresses and uh, postal service stuff. So you know, or shave, shaving, shaving stuff. Um, well, here we are. Let's get on with it, shall we? Let's have the show. Let's do it. This week's guest is Jos Norris. Jos Norris, a wonderful man, uh, actor, screenwriter, uh, performer, comedian. He's done it all. Does it all, he's, and he's brilliant. And I, I've seen and worked with him many times before. He's absolutely first class. And it was a real joy to have him on. It was a really nice chat. The hour was just rocketed by. We just, I just forgot the time. Just having a nice chat. We're you know, just catching up with someone, which is what you know. That's all part of your of, of looking after your mental health. It's just catching up with someone and having a chat. And so, rather than hiding ourselves away, go out and have a chat with someone. Make a point of sticking to the plans that we make. I know we make plans and we don't want to go, but do it. Make those plans. Stick to those plans. Because I guarantee you'll feel better after you have that chat. I promise you. I promise you. I do it all the time. And once I've gone and done it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did that. I'm going to do more of that. Go and do it. Because then you have a lovely chat. Like like Jaws. Jaws and I did. Wonderful man. And uh, so, do you know what? Let's get on with it. So coming up in a minute, it's Jaws Norris. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Thanks for having me on. Uh, there's no big introduction. Uh, we just yeah, start, no, we just no worries, and that's it. Because I find that great. If you start, if you turn on the showbiz, people get all a bit performative. Yeah, yeah. People start doing the thing. <laughs> they start, start doing going, it. I'm in it, yeah. podcast mode now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then they start they immediately just... start with something really interesting. <laughs> ah, we get to the interesting stuff, mate. Um, yeah, how, yeah, how are you? How are you? Let's do that. How are you? Are you all right? It's been a I'm weird doing all right. time. Um, yeah, it has been strange. Uh, I've just... What have I been doing? I've just hidden a dog bed in a bin store outside. And that's <laughs> sort of... That set me up all right. I feel quite happy about that. Because <laughs> these days, anything, anything new, anything different, anything that's putting something in a place it hasn't been before is sort of like, well, that's enough. That's... <laughs> That's something. So I'm all right. I'm yeah. just filling the time, you know. <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? It's just anything. Whereas, you know, you, you, people always seem to think that you should be just striving every day. Every day should, there should be a new challenge that you're, that you're yeah. taking on and, uh, you, know, you know, really pushing yourself. And like you say, sometimes it just means, oh. you know, just move the dog oh. bed. Have you gone? Hello? I might have gone. Hold on. Am I back? Hello, mate. Sorry about that. Here I am. Right. Sorry about that. That's okay. I think my internet dipped. Yeah, you actually, oh, you actually never left. <laughs> oh, that's good. So it just sounded like I went very quiet for a bit and then went all weird. Uh, I think it's just, you know, just just little things like getting your washing done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do the well, washing up, a, you know. It's at a really weird stage at the moment where it sort of feels like everything's finished and we have to just go back to the lives that we had before. But also yes. I think we've all got so used to this weird period of like, trying to rethink what our lives actually are and what we want. So it's it's quite weird to just be told, okay, there you go, you can do whatever again. And there's still sort of worries about like how much should we be doing and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I in a bit of a weird headspace where I'm sort of half just trying to enjoy my life again and then half still being very scared of everything. Yeah, but, I know what you mean. It's that, and people seem to be really forgetting that what we've literally just come, well, we're not even out of it yet. It's still happening. Yeah. It's like, it's like we've gone in the other room. But it's still yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, there's other things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. So and we've then, all uh, forgotten. Yeah, and people, I don't think people realise how affected, like you just said, how affected we all are. Yeah. I'm definitely affected. My, my, I, de- I genuinely, I'm not the same person I was before the lockdown. I don't yeah. know. My brain is, is so full of mush and fog. Yeah, yeah. And it changes just what you're happy doing as well. Like the idea, part of you kind of wants to celebrate the idea of going back to normal by like, oh, I'd like to see loads of people again. But at the same time, I do feel like I don't really want to see loads of people all together in one room because that's that's sort of gone from my brain. Mm. And then there's parts of you that go, oh, I would like to perform again. And that's been quite fun starting to do that. But still standing on a stage in front of a room full of people and all of them looking at you feels very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's a whole relearning thing. I think there was a lot of a uh, there was a sense for a long time that like we're all trying to get back to the life we had before, but I think a lot of that 
I think we've had this time to be like, I don't know if I want all of that back. I think there are bits of it that I will have to leave behind or bits of it that I can't get back that I just have to go, oh, that's, yeah. we'll have to leave that for a bit. And that might change, you know, maybe it will get to a point where everything's as it was, but it's it's weird being in that in-between point at the moment. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's like an extended version of the uh, the bit between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. It's just on yeah, and well, off. You just go, this is nothing. I can't yeah. get anything done. I can't really see anyone because they're all feeling exactly the same thing. They're all kind of sitting around feeling too fat and too tired as well. <laughs> and there's just there's 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 nothing to fill the time. Yeah. I had uh, I was in Edinburgh last week. Oh went, yeah. Went How was it? To, it was really good. It's really good. It looked it went, lovely. It was really nice because there wasn't the same pressures as as there usually is. You know, there yeah. were it was it, there was a there's a fraction of the shows up there and we all did I did a week and I think you know most people nice. did a few days and things like that and so there was no flyer in there was no you yeah. were bombarded with things the, the air of competition wasn't there yeah you know there wasn't any people running around with you know award fever it yeah. was just it was just nice yeah that sounds lovely yeah and the people came had a nice time even though some of them a lot of them a lot, beginning of the week the, 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 the earlier shows were just sort of like they were sort of watching yeah, and then I, and because they were still spaced out as well because of COVID regulations. Oh, did that change during while it was? Well, they, there? I, th- I think they, it changed just before. Right. Okay. But I think I was with the Gilded Balloon, and they were just extra cautious. They went, "No, look, we're not going to change it. It's going to yeah. cause cause that a mess." Makes sense. So, so yeah, so people were still separated out into twos. So you still you you didn't have the same kind of energy that a full, that a full room would yeah, usually have. Yeah, everyone packed in and stuff. Yeah, and so I remember coming off one day and I'm just like, fucking hell, is that, were you all, you know, and this woman came up she went, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> but she just was, she was just happy to be out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, suddenly so, you need that, like, confirmation from, because yeah. when they're all spread out, it's so hard to get the actual, like, energy going that you do need exactly. to go, is this good? And they all go, yeah, we love it. And then yeah, you go, right, cool. Because <laughs> you forget they've been locked in as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's my my first gig back because I didn't go back immediately when gigs started again. I think I I left it a couple of oh I think I was away. I think I went on a walking holiday when stuff opened up, and then I came back. And I had it in my head that like the first gig back, you're going to be able to do anything and get away with it, and the audience will just be really happy to be out. And I found out that audiences had already kind of got through that stage in the two weeks where I'd been away. So by the time <laughs> I got there, they were like, no, we do want this to be good because we've. <laughs> <laughs> paid five quid and we're risking our lives to be here so yeah i went up there and i had about five minutes of good stuff and then five minutes of very poorly thought out stuff and you you could really tell and i kind of thought it won't matter they'll they'll just have a great time but there was a real tail off towards the end of it. okay well, that was, yeah i know what you mean. We do I was, need to try my first gig back was just me just stood there going how the fuck yeah <laughs> do you do this and then in edinburgh because it, it, it was billed as a work in progress so right yeah but even then, I felt really bad because people had paid money. So I ended up yeah. just doing... I'd worked on a load of stuff before and doing stuff that I kind of knew worked. Yeah. I didn't... There was a few few, a few things that I chucked out and, and halfway through went, this is bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did you do Zoom stuff or online stuff? So, like, did you have some sense of what was good off the back of that or did you not do any of that? I did do a, I did do a few of those. Did you? Right. How did you find I, them? I didn't really. I did. Um, I did a few sort of group things with. Do you know Adam Larter and Weirdos? Yeah, that sort yeah, of group. Yeah, so yeah. he he put on a couple of things where he wrote a kind of a script for us, and we all played characters. And I felt like that kind of worked because you had the script. Everybody knew when to speak, so that, you know people would just do their line, and then 
it sort of worked in an online setting. But then when I did a few things by myself, I think I just really lost confidence in it because mm. you you lost that sense of like knowing when a joke's landed. Like sometimes you'll get the laugh, but a couple of seconds after you've done the bit because internet connections are slow or, or because they miss each other or whatever. So I think I found that that sense that sometimes you do a joke and then you hear nothing and your confidence immediately dies. But then five seconds later, you get a couple of like titters and you you don't know whether that was to the joke you just did or whether it was because it went wrong. And I found, I just felt so out of control in terms of what was going on in the room or the, the, the like the Zoom room, the virtual mm. room. Um, so I think I just didn't stick with it. I didn't like learn how to make that. Because I think anything, you need to learn the rules of the thing. It's like when you start doing stand-up, you need to learn like, how to work a, a live room. And I think again with Zoom, like the people who stuck with it learned how to how to get those things to work and how to play those kinds of audiences. And I think I just didn't persist enough because I found it too too scary and new. I know what you mean. It was the first the first ones didn't even have any feedback from audience members. So there were no it was no sort of front row. Yeah. You couldn't see anyone. And I remember yeah, the first I remember the first one and I just shut my laptop and just looked across the room and went, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Horrid. Yeah, but then later on, after and you get used to them. What I ended up doing, you kind of adapt what you're doing. And you end up doing mm. like a monologue. So yeah. I, as I was doing like a sort of a ranty monologue that that seemed to work, and people just they could just watch you just losing your shit in your yeah. own flat. Yeah, yeah. I know? guess then you don't need that direct interaction with them because you no. can just get on with your thing. And when you hear the laughs, you go, "Oh, great, this is working, and I'm yeah. onto a good thing." Yes. But it's less of that, like, <laughs> joke response, joke response and things. Which is what we thrive on. That, yeah, that, I yeah realized, we like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we like that. I did a gig. I've done, I've, I mentioned this before on another episode. I did the uh, Bill Murray, and I did it live from the Bill Murray. Uh, no audience. They didn't, not even the oh. chairs put out. So, you know, that big room. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I was sat on a stool in, in that room, and we had two cameras. The people manning the cameras were downstairs. Um, and then I just went for it, and I was so I had no I had no idea how well I was doing. Wow! I was just talking for an hour. No, even you don't even see like the chat feed coming no, in. No, nothing. Wow. I'm in that room talking on my own. Great. <laughs> and it, uh, do you know what? It did. Te- this is. I have got some new skills. I'm like I, I yeah, feel. You know, if I could talk to an empty room like that. I could do it when if there's two people, you know, like yeah. Edinburgh when you do Edinburgh. Yeah, and yeah. Like that, but. Did you go back and check later? Did you go back and like look at the chat feed to check if people were liking it, or were you like, I don't need to know if they liked <laughs> it or not? I well, people had sent me sent me clips and and messages right. and that. So, like, oh, few, nice. yes, yeah, so that was nice. A few people just like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it went well. Yeah, but you're but you're but you're you're uh, you're so you're a comedian. You're you're also a writer and you know an actor as well. Do, what do you prefer? Do you, do you like a bit of all of it, or do you prefer the writing side or the acting? I think it really sort of goes up and down. I think I I got to a point a couple of years ago where I stopped trying to sort of say, I think for a long time you try and kind of be the label that you put on yourself Mm. or you try and say, I am a comedian or I am a writer or I am an actor or I am someone who does all three. And then I think you try and kind of live up to that and you go, no, I'm supposed to be this. So if my brain's going in a different direction, I shouldn't let it do that. I should focus on what I'm doing at the moment. And I think... I've been through cycles before where I kind of fall a bit out of love with stand-up and with live because I find it a bit like 
I don't know if you get this, you just sort of run out of things to say about yourself. You kind of put yourself on stage trying to tell funny stories and eventually you go, I've got nothing. There's nothing there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think whenever I, whenever that happened to me in the past, I'd get very like definitive about it and I'd go, I guess I'm not a stand-up anymore. I can't do it. It's not there. So I guess now I have to be a writer or an actor and then I'd try and like think of myself that way. And I think a couple of years ago, I just got to the point of like, I think I'm just a person who does stuff and usually it's sort of silly stuff so it's yeah. broadly comedy but if i'm in the mood to write then i write and if i'm in the mood to act then i act and i i think at the moment i'm really enjoying live again like in the last mm. year and a half i really thought i'm never going to do it again because of the way covid's made yeah. it feel like it felt it felt so far away and i couldn't really remember why i did it or what i got out of it and i didn't enjoy the online stuff as much so I think again, I had that really like absolutist part of me that was like, "Nah, I'm done, no, no more." And then at the moment, I've I've done a bunch of gigs in the last couple of weeks and really enjoyed them. And then went, "Oh yeah, I love that." So I think it's a lesson I'm still learning to myself that like you don't need to tell yourself you are this. You can just you can be the thing that you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um. So I try to kind of always put a bit of my brain into all three and make sure I'm sort of trying to give each of them my attention. Um. But I think it's basically just whatever wherever you're currently at you just you just follow that and see what comes of it yeah and try not to be too like you shouldn't do that anymore <laughs> well this is it yeah as you say i mean i i, I got i think before the pandemic i'd got to a point i'd i, I needed something else that yeah wasn't stand up i was getting a bit jaded with the traveling and yeah yeah but now i'm now it's back back on it and i'm like oh, okay no 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 this is this has to work now i'm 49 yeah. i have no other options <laughs> this is, this, i just have to try and do what i can That's with the thing, it you do reach a point where it would just it would be such an embarrassing climb down to stop <laughs> and to tell all the people you know that you've stopped that when you do go through those periods of like oh, i'm not loving it at the moment the idea of actually like not doing it isn't really an option anymore. Yeah. But obviously there, there could come a point where it does become one and you have to seriously consider it. But I, I think you do reach a point where you're like, no, this is what I do. And obviously it's hard sometimes and sometimes I want to do other things. But you just build up that belief of like, can't there's no there's no backing out of it. Yeah. It's yeah, too, yeah, yeah. It would look too mad for people to go, <laughs> you spent 10 years doing that and then you just stopped. I don't know, maybe people would really respect it, but... <laughs> I just... Having having had to have gone and got proper work, you know, because of what's gone yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realised that the interview process is just so... Yeah. I don't know how people... I remember it always being shit. Yeah, you know when they say to you like, "Why do you want? You know, why do you want this job?" And, and you've got to be, you've got to sing the praises of the company, and you're like, "Yeah, because <laughs> I really care about your values." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, your tax avoiding values. Yeah, and it, it just you just go oh, fuck off, and I think it just makes you realise how unemployable you are now. Yeah, yeah. Were they weird about it when you went? Were they weird about the comedy thing? About like you've spent time doing what? Or were they like quite nice about it? They were quite nice about it. That's good. They just kept saying. Because it was just like stuff like you know working in a factory, and they were just like, well, you know what, what you can, you, you're sort of, you should be doing something else. I'm like, look, there isn't anything else. Yeah, I've done this before. Yeah, Let's just give me the job, and they were like, look, we would love to, mate, but you know, we just think you could do, do something else. Yeah, and they wouldn't give it to me, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I just, I just want to, just want to put some boxes on a shelf. Yeah, let me do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to know where where to go to get these things. I kind of had it at the start of COVID. I was really going through lists of like, I just, I really wanted to work in a shop. I kind of yeah. had it that like, I really wanted to find a shop. And specifically in my head, because it was, I don't know, you sort of romanticize everything. So I was like, I want to work in a secondhand record shop Very specifically. Cool. And I'll just be a guy 
that stacks them and hands them out and that's it. And then did try to sort of pursue that for a bit. And then you realize like, everybody wants that job. But it was at the time yeah. when everything was closing. So everybody went, no, of course we don't have any work for you. But um, <laughs> I did but, the same yeah. thing. In Italy, there's a, a, a Recollect, is it not Recollect Records? Um, whatever, Reckless Records in Islington. Oh, yeah. I, applied, yeah. There was a, I went in there. This, is, this was just before everything went to shit. Yeah. And I applied there. And yeah, they just kind of went, thanks for no thanks. I'm like, do you have any idea who I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm doing you a favour. Yeah, you're lucky to have me. <laughs> it was so weird. It was just at the point where I knew that I could tell that COVID was going to be a big deal and and we were all going to lose a lot of work from it. And I thought I'd probably better make some money. But I think before I realised that everything was going to shut. So I thought there'll be shops. The shops will definitely be yeah. be open. But there yeah. you go. Well, this we is it, it. it. Yeah, it just... When you realise... I said this on stage the other day. When you realise that comedians are... We are so far down the line of yeah. essentials... Yeah. You know, beneath toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's weird, you're kind of... that. I found my self-esteem really yo-yoed because of that, because a part of you kind of... A part of you kind of wants to resent that and go, no, what we do is really important and we bring a lot of people together and it's meaningful and... But, but then another part of you just agrees. When you look at, like, what happens to society as a whole in that kind of situation, you go, I guess it isn't very important. I guess it is one of the things that has to be low down. And do you end up really like struggling with, or I found this for myself, of you want to kind of fight for the thing that you've been doing all this time and that you believe is very important, but also you're being made very aware of how little it it does in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at yeah. the same time, that was tough. that. That yeah, you're absolutely. It's that yeah. When everything's up and running, everything's fine. Yeah. Everybody, everybody needs a jester. Yeah. But when the zombies come, yeah, they go. <laughs> we're feed the first them to them. <laughs> chuck them out. <laughs> we're the first ones chucked over the fence. And I think that's why the online things were really nice. Like the stuff I did get involved with, I didn't do loads of it, but I helped out with some of Mark Watson's twenty-four hour things, and oh, there were cool. these great weirdo shows and things like that. And all of them, the people watching them were so appreciative of it. And you did get all these messages from people being like, "It really matters to us that you're doing this stupid stuff." in the middle of all this sort of global disaster just because you know even though in theory it's pointless and isn't there better stuff we could be doing it's actually like people like it and people like to feel yeah. like there's still things to laugh about and to be stupid about so I think all that online stuff was great I think yeah. I just struggled to get my head around it <laughs> but you're right though we adapted and did different things like we were doing uh, we were doing a thing called Ginfluencers where oh nice what yeah was that? where uh, 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 someone that, that, that Jade was went to school with yeah um, he's got his own gin company so he would send us oh, all cool. these all this gin and different <laughs> recipes and we'd yeah. go online and just do these these I guess we absolutely smashed by the end of it and <laughs> that usually, usually end up in a fight <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, and people loved it. It was almost like a soap opera every week. They're going, are they going to yeah. end up, the three of us doing it? Like, you know, are, you, are we going to get to the end of this and there's, <laughs> and they're going to be fine? Or <laughs> what was the best one? What was the best recipe you God discovered? Blimey. I quite like a citrusy oh, uh, yeah. drink. So that, any, anything that was quite citrusy. Yeah, uh, was quite nice. Nice. I don't know about you. Do you drink? Do you drink? Not huge. I drink a oh. bit. I drink less these days because I, I moved in with my girlfriend last year and she's not a big drinker just because it makes her brain feel weird. She'd, mm. she'd dull, she'll do like one glass of wine and then she's done. And I think I used to be much more of a, I guess, not like a binge drinker, but I liked, I didn't like drinking for the taste. I wasn't like, mm. I love wine and I love beer, but I liked drinking like two or three of something because then it felt nice. I hate being very drunk, uh, but I used to quite like 
the point of like, yeah, this is nice. So yeah, I don't I don't love it and I drink less now. Yeah. But there is still something nice about like having a couple. So I'm I not a huge drinker. No, I don't drink at home. I say this a lot on here. I don't drink at home. I'm very much yeah. a social drinker and I yeah, think yeah. and I've said that before because because I'm I get quite nervous in not not nervous. I get I'm quite I'm quite shy. Yeah. Fundamentally. Like we, you know, I can go up on stage and make a room for the strangers laugh, but yeah. meeting someone somewhere I get a little bit oh fuck am I going to yeah I'm the same it's yeah. hard actually so I'll have a few beers but and then I end up what I, end, what I, end, what I always end up doing is getting pissed yeah. and if I'm if I'm drunk enough early early enough I'll end up in Sainsbury's or Tesco right I end up buying <laughs> oh, like the other night I bought this this is Hagendas called oh, yeah. Rain, Rain Doe what's that so it's vanilla I, this is what I found out I thought oh, I quite like the look of it I didn't read what it was <laughs> And it's got these like coloured like chocolate drops in it and cookie dough going down the middle. Right. Is it good? It's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, not, not uh, Ben and was it Hong Kong? Ben and Jerry's, one of them. Right. It's the worst one. Must have been Ben and Jerry's. It's terrible. Yeah, but you can't tell when you're in that state. It's like yeah. reward foods, isn't it? You have stuff that you know <laughs> that you're not going to enjoy very much, but your brain's decided it's a reward food. Yeah. So when you when you're in the state of like, yeah, whatever, I'll get it. Mine's yeah. chips and cheese. If I drink a lot, I always go out and buy chips and cheese. And I know I don't enjoy it very much, but it's like a dopamine thing of, you know you like that, go and get it. That's why I'm glad we don't live in live in a place where we could we, we could get um, poutine freely. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, that, I would that's be... good stuff. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm already, I'm already a chunky dude. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be completely round. Yeah, it is good. But do you do you have do you have so you don't really drink that much? Is there anything that you sort of treat yourself with? You kind of I'm terrible. I've got a terrible coffee habit now. Okay, uh, I do about like three three coffees a day, mm. which I guess isn't the worst, but it's it's not good. And I the weird thing with it is that I I again don't particularly enjoy it, and I'm not hugely aware of what it does to me. Like I don't drink it and go, oh, now I feel great and kind of buzzy and ready to. Mm. I, I just I feel completely the same. But if I don't have one then I feel really weird and cranky and I feel like I've not had oh, COVID. So I guess that's that's just the sign of an addiction. That <laughs> it doesn't really do anything. But if I don't have it, then my metabolism goes weird. So I've yeah. got a coffee thing. And I, I have a big sugar habit, which I should oh, really? I should do something about. I love sweets and I love Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's a big sort ah. of... Only Dr. Pepper. It's not fizzy drinks in general, but Dr. Pepper I've... I've got a real, real thing for. That's quite a strange one as well. Yeah, I think I, and again, I think it's to do with like having at some point in your life allocated it, like that's the thing I'd like to do. So it was on Fridays after games in school, I'd get a Dr. Pepper from the vending machine and then I'd go home and drink it watching The Simpsons. And I think a part of my brain goes, you're doing that again because I hated games. Yeah. And it was like, a, you got through it, well done. Go and watch The Simpsons and drink your fizzy pot. <laughs> and I'm still, I think I'm still that person every time I yeah. buy one. It was you've, always had, you've had a hard time. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. I think it was always quite exciting as a kid. I don't know, I'm a lot older than you, but when I was a kid, if you had your own money and, yeah. to, buy, and buy, to buy something from a vending machine with yeah. your own money or from yeah. a shop... I remember caught, being caught out by my stepdad once because I did that. I think I can't remember how I'd got. Maybe I had pocket money or I found some money at school or something, and I bought some spearmint polos on the way home from a shop, and then bumped into my stepdad coming the, back the other way, and he'd seen them, but I tried to hide them in my sleeve or something, ah. and then he commented on it, and it really felt like I'd been um, I'd been rumbled. 
And in hindsight, I don't think he gave a shit. I think he was like, cool, he spent 50p on a packet of polos. That's great. But as a kid, you decide to feel shame about everything, about anything. Oh, no, I I did something for myself (laughs) because I liked it. I'm sorry. Uh, It's mad. I remember, yeah, I remember sitting on the top deck of a bus and I'd bought myself two Big Macs. Oh, wow. Nice. Because I just could. <laughs> and I, I remember halfway through the second one, I'm like, oh, I have massively fucked up here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even need it. But it felt good to do it. Yeah. And someone said to me the other day, actually, about uh, what did they mention? They mentioned something that they used to get. For, yeah. Again, it's like that, that, that kind of that treat from a vending machine after yeah. doing something horrific. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, there is a nost- that nostalgic nostalgia connected to it yeah somebody told me the other day it's like the specifically with alcohol but i think for all these things it's like the 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 thing your brain gets from it is done after you've told yourself to do it like the the kind of kick you get from i'm gonna have a drink actually disappears as soon as you've like bought the drink but it's just that act of like choosing to do it and then after that it's just you're just drinking and like the subsequent drinks won't give you the same thing or if you eat more of something, then it won't give you the same thing. But that initial thing of like, I'm going to do it, is the big like, oh, now I feel great. <laughs> it's, do you know what? There used to be, I used to love, there's a pub uh, called the Blue Post, and it's just on Berwick oh, Street. Oh, yeah, so, I know that pub. Yeah, and I used to go there. I used to go and buy some records or clothing or whatever. Hmm. And I'd go and sit in that pub in the afternoon. And nine times out of ten, someone would come in that I knew. So I knew I'd end up. Right on it again. I get having a yeah, few, yeah. Having, a shoot, having a few, and yeah, I miss doing that. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. Still doesn't feel like you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So how much are you doing now? Do you do much like socially again, or like are you gigging loads, or are you still? I'm gigging kind of, a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm luckily, yeah, I'm gigging all the time, which I'm Great. I'm very blessed to be able to be doing at the minute. Yeah. So I'm going for a bit of a patch, which is nice. Whereas you know, although I do keep fucking my diary up. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, gee, I just can't get organised. I keep going, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do I that. Guess, yeah, and we just haven't needed to for such a no. long time. Like, it's so easy to just assume if somebody asks me anything about, are you free for such and such, then my brain's just like, yeah, I'm free all the time. So <laughs> I'm sure I will be. And yeah. then maybe three days later, you go, oh, I should probably maybe check that and then find yeah. out, oh, no, I'm not. Every time. life's back. <laughs> so are you back out? Are you going back out? A little bit. I'm sort of doing like small things mm. uh, and I'm doing sort of, I've I've been to a couple of weddings and they were all kind of take a test, show us proof of a negative test, all that kind of thing. Uh, got COVID at the first one and then Excellent. had to stay indoors for about 10 days. So that, was, that felt like a lesson. <laughs> I've been quite good for about a year and then the first time I went to something big, I got it. Uh, so since then, I've kind of thought I'm, I must be fairly immune for a bit because I'm now double jabbed and I've just had it so I feel like maybe for a month or two I'm unlikely to get it so I've not been going yeah. crazy since then but I have been going to pubs and cafes and things and I feel like probably this is the window where I can do stuff but then also it's just going to be here from now on so if you yeah. if you're still setting rules about when you will and won't do things then a part of you goes like well that's I'm going to have to do that for the rest of my life then if I'm going to do that Yeah. so I think I'm gradually finding my way back to just saying I'll just be careful wear a mask where I feel like I should wear a mask take tests and stuff and then other than that do the things I want to do Yeah. I think that's the end result that we'll probably all get to but I think everyone will get there at a different pace which is fair yeah. enough it's a funny one and it's just Having, I had it as well. We, I had really? it. How yeah, was it for you? Sort of back in March. Weird. It's mm. the weirdest, weirdest illness I've ever had. Really? Where you 
because you don't feel I didn't I just had zero energy yeah didn't want to eat didn't want to drink didn't want to get yeah. up but you just did it get you breathing or did it oh uh, yeah I had sort of my my lungs were a bit fucked um, but then my lungs are always a bit fucked when I'm when I I had an infection about 10 years ago right and ever since then they've been a bit knackered but you know I've never smoked or anything like that really yeah I've been really lucky oh, I, know, yeah. I, have the, I have the demeanour of a man that's on 40 a day <laughs> But I think that's because my mum chain smoked around me as a kid. Right, <laughs> just absorbs yeah. the skin. <laughs> but I think you're right. That yeah, we have to get to a point where we start accepting that we, we still have to be cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's irresponsible to just go. I'm going to do whatever I like. I'm not wearing a mask. Mm. I'm not taking tests for anyone. Like I think there's people who will get really sick if they get it, and you know, I know friends of friends with long COVID who are having horrible stuff. So I think everyone's got yeah. to be careful, but also I don't think the the route of like, we'll just all hide until it's gone away is, is I don't think it makes any sense anymore. So no. we've all got to sit ourselves somewhere on that spectrum, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And it, and how is it, how do you think it's affected you mentally? Well, I know we've, cause we briefly kind of, when we were sorting this out and it was, yeah, it was, I think know, it's, it's, I think it's made it, harder to to just sort of see people i think we've all got so kind of stuck with ourselves and the idea of kind of just sitting and being and learning to be self-sufficient and learning to just rely on like the three or four people in your immediate environment and stuff uh so i think suddenly going back to the thing of like expanding your social life a bit more and trying to remember how to be engaged in like the lives of lots of different people feels weird. Mm. And I think also just just the process of like trying to think about what you want from your life has changed. Like I think I used to be, and I still sort of am, but I think I used to be a person that was very like, I had to measure everything as it went by and sort of check, what have I done this year? What am I doing in the next month? Am I doing enough? Always kind of setting those goals and targets of like, make sure you've done such and such by this point and all that yeah. kind of thing. And then I think last year all that disappeared uh, and it was suddenly like, all we can do is make the best of, of what we've got because we're no longer in control of anything. And then this year, I think actually I found harder. I think the, I think last year the total sort of shutdown thing was like, okay, everybody just has to take care of themselves and the people close to them for a bit yeah, um, because that's all that's all they're really in charge of. And then this year, I think I have found it more difficult the sort of, the thing of try and work out which bits of your old self you want to go back to and which bits you don't. Because um, I have found bits of my brain starting to go, oh, okay, well, maybe you should be setting goals and targets again and working hard towards them. And then another bit of me that goes, but that that felt like the really useful lesson last year that you don't need to do that all the time and you yeah. can actually just be a bit more kind of zen about your life. Um, so I think I'm still in a bit of a sort of turbulent state with it of working out exactly how much of that is permanent and how much of it was a coping mechanism to get through last year yeah yeah i know what you mean there's i, I think i do I've, I've said this earlier to somebody i need to start getting back into treating the, the day like a like a work day there's things yeah. i need to do yeah, so yeah get up in the morning and, and have a to-do list and go right i'm gonna do that that and i need to spend an hour doing that an hour doing that hour doing that because at the minute i'm kind of i'm sort of like just tumbling out of bed at different times yeah Especially if I've got a gig in the evening, I'm kind of like, well, I've got to do that. So that's... Yeah, that means the day can just be yeah. nothing. Yeah. I was actually, like, last... I think I've... In the first lockdown, I think I was very good at, at doing a structure and doing a routine because I had to... 
was living with my housemate who had a nine to five mm. and she used to go to the office and really loved the office and got a lot out of that like routine. So she kind of said, can we try and create like an office environment at home? So all of a sudden I was getting up at 7.30 every day and then at my desk at nine. And even though I didn't have any work to do because <laughs> I was there was nothing, but I still kind of did a work day and I tried to write things and come up with yeah. things and then finish at five and do a coffee break at 11 and go for a run at three or whatever. Like it was all very regimented because everything was so similar every day that it sort of had to be. Yeah. Um, and then this year, I think I I have let that slide a bit because I think I've, well, I don't live with her anymore. So that's like, you're no longer kind of needing to do it to help other mm. people's structures. And also, yeah, the kind of sliding back towards what life used to be, which was sort of, yeah, I've got a gig this evening. So that's today's work. So I can just spend the day pottering about. And I think trying to work out which of those structures and routines were good for me and which of them were just sort of, for the time and yeah. trying to find a middle ground that's sort of healthy but still structured. Yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. You're right, and it's it's and it but it's and it it really it takes real effort yeah. to put those frameworks in place. Yeah, because you know? they they really do, don't yeah. matter. Is the thing like with what we do? <laughs> like we don't need to do them. We are. Yeah, you can sort of tell yourself, I'm going to get up at eight every day and have a shower and then do this, but. If we don't do that, it doesn't affect anybody but ourselves. So it's really easy to just go, well, I didn't today. Never mind. <laughs> um, there's nobody there to go, you were late or you haven't yeah. handed in so-and-so. And I think, I guess we never really noticed that until last year because there was enough social interaction or like you go and do a casting or you go to a gig or you see your agent to have a chat about your show or whatever. Like you'd see people and do stuff that's work adjacent. Yes. So it didn't matter that outside of that you were just kind of lazing about not doing too much. It felt like you were busy all the time. And then yeah. suddenly when we weren't busy at all, we go, oh, our lives are quite <laughs> quite empty, <laughs> us lot. You're right. And like you say, it's, I I still feel bad when I've had a day and I've gone, I have, I have done nothing, mm. literally nothing. I even went to the gym and did nothing really. I did the bare minimum <laughs> in the gym. What is the bare minimum you can get away with in the well, gym? I, think, I don't really go. Well, I just go if I if I'm having a shitty day yeah. and I don't do a lot. I'll do I'll do you know sort of twelve, three lots of twelve of this, that, and the other. So I've done I've done stuff. Yeah. But Have you ever still, gone in and just done you know, nothing? Just looked at each machine and gone, nah. <laughs> not only, today. <laughs> the only time I've gone in and gone out again is when I forgot my kit. <laughs> I went to the I went to the gym and it's in Limehouse and I got there on the way there. I was talking to a mate. And they were going. Ah, oh, we're in the we're in the pub down the road, right? Uh, the Star of the East down in near West Ferry. All oh, right. And I'm like, ah, oh, so I'll pop down afterwards and come see you anyway. So I got to the gym, realised I'd have my shorts, straight back out, <laughs> straight to the pub. Can you not do it in your pants and vest like <laughs> like PE? <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, someone's forgot his kit. Yeah. To go to the lost property. Yeah, see what they've got. <laughs> do it in a pair of all, um, all the wrong size. <laughs> do it in a pair of school mud. shoes. <laughs> I, uh, I went through know. the first lockdown. I did like a, I went completely mad because I've never been to the gym in my life. I do run now. Yeah. Uh, but last year in the first month of lockdown, I did like an arms workout every day. I told myself, yeah. I'm going to get really big arms and that's going to be what I come out of lockdown with. Yeah. And I found this 30 day arms workout. Uh, just lost my mind to it completely. I've not done anything since. So all <laughs> the gains I made have completely disappeared. But I had this month where I was like, I'm going to be a guy with big sort of impressive biceps and, and that's nothing gonna be else, my like, transformation nothing else didn't do any of it like i wasn't working on my core or any like any of that stuff i was just i want big arms 
like a and real like a, like one of those cheap action figures you yeah yeah, yeah i wanted to look like that <laughs> and i thought well, that's a way of coming out of it and being like look i can show you what i did with it and all of it's gone i've gone right back to my previous body but i just you're thought like, it's like, something i'm giving myself something to do well yeah you said to focus on yeah and you're like quagmire when he discovered the internet <laughs> <laughs> and you and you have you been living with your partner for long uh since last november so coming okay. up to a year okay uh, so you've spent a lockdown together then yeah, yeah yeah we did the first lockdown because we got together at the start of last year of 2020 so we mm. did the first lockdown just doing zoom stuff and whatsapp calls and things and then i guess like i think everything moves a lot faster because of lockdown because i think in in the old days I don't think I would ever have been ready to move in with somebody no. in less than a year. But I guess like when that's the main person you're talking to and sharing all your thoughts with and spending all your time with, other than mm. the people you live with, then you just reach those milestones quicker. And I think we also thought we don't want to do another lockdown apart. Maybe we should try and do it together. And we just sort of gave it a go. And yeah. luckily it wasn't horrible because <laughs> that's the risk is you move in and go, oh, we we don't get on at all. We get on when we see each other every now and again. But, yes. but no, it's been, it's been nice. Lovely. That's the thing, isn't it? I know a few people that they just got together, ended up locking down together. Yeah. And luckily they've got on and it's been fine. But... Um, yeah, we're not supposed to see each other every day all the time, are we? We're supposed to go off and do our yeah. own things and then we yeah, come back. Yeah, and we kind of skipped that stage a bit. <laughs> but we'll, maybe we'll do that later. I'd say, <laughs> In our 50s, we can be like, we, we should yeah. we should spend time apart. <laughs> well, I know there's a, there's a, a comedian called Pierre Hollins. Oh, right. And Pierre Hollins must be, I think he's in his late 50s, maybe 60s, early 60s. And he's never he's never lived with his partner. They've always really? lived separately. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. How long have they been together? Years. Wow. Years. Yeah, we're talking about 20, 30 years maybe. Sorry, my headphones have gone weird. And no um, he's, you know, I think that's that, this necessity, this need to live together, I think sometimes you kind of go, yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm, at the moment, I'm staying at a mate's house. And, right and he's i mean he's been fantastic but i think i'm not i'm i'm looking forward to sort of having my own place yeah um, you know, not moving in with someone because i've always done that yeah yeah so, i do think I, it's taught me a lot about how much i need like solitude the last mm. year because i wasn't when it when it all shut down i didn't have that thing of like i need to book in time immediately i need to make sure i'm zooming this person and calling this person and seeing this person to make sure i feel connected i was sort of like that's fine. It's fine for me to just be yeah. alone for a while. And I sort of had to remember to do the opposite. I had to be like, oh, make sure you talk to some people. Make sure you do call the odd person or book in the odd Zoom or whatever. Yeah. And I think since moving in, it's been it's been really lovely. And we do like spend most of our time together. But also like there's, there's two separate rooms and that's been really helpful, I think, because I think yeah. I do need a, a bit of a space to be like, I'm just in here thinking about stuff for a while <laughs> and w working in yes. theory. But like... You kind of need that room, I think, to be able to like think what you need to think without feeling like you're invading on somebody else's space or they're invading on yours or whatever. Definitely, yes, that's that. I think having having a space to work as well is yeah. important. Yeah, I've got a mate of mine works for works for a bank, and he's just you know been working from his dining room. Yeah, you know, and then he's and then he's in his dining room. <laughs> yeah, and it means it all kind of because especially with the kind of jobs that. Like obviously, like the ideal sort of day job is the one where you you finish and then you're done and you go away. Yeah. And I always think when I've been through times where I'm like, oh, I might need to get something to supplement comedy a bit. It's always trying to find something like that 
where it doesn't stay in your brain. Yeah. But if your job already kind of lingers afterwards and starts demanding attention from you outside of when you're there and you're doing it in your living room or in the room that you also try and hang out, it just means you have no like separation between... Oh, I'm just constantly the work guy. I'm constantly in the mode that I need to be to help these people with that thing. Yeah. And you kind of need to be able to go, no, I'm now I'm now off. Yeah, you do need that. You need, I think I think that's why uh, you know going to to the office was, you know, even though it was shit, it was hell on earth. The yeah. actual commute is awful. Yeah. But just that going somewhere, coming back, being needed somewhere. Yeah. I think people, that was the thing. People, human beings need to be needed somewhere. And I think yeah. that's where that's where a lot of the mental health issues come in, just come from because we we weren't yeah. needed anywhere. We weren't, no one. And I think that's know. a, it's a funny thing in comedy actually that like I, I spoke to John Kearns about this a lot because he often, yeah. he used to work in Parliament when he did his first show. He made it like in his spare time when he got home from working at Parliament and then it did so well that he was able to quit his job and stuff. Yeah. But he says he often like misses that that sense of like having a place that I, I have to go there because that's my job and then yeah. the creative stuff I do, I have to fit around it. And I'm sort of the same. I look back on a lot of my day jobs that I used to have and I think it used to be that you really, I really had to be creative in the time that I wasn't mm. there. I'd be like, I've only got this evening and then a bit of time on Friday yeah. to write stuff or to come up with ideas or whatever. So I have to make use of it. And you were kind of battling against the day job. And yeah. it meant when you were in the day job, you were like, this is great. I'm here because I have a purpose and that purpose is to be here until five o'clock and then I'm off to be my own person. And then as soon as you quit that and you say to yourself, I'm going to do creative stuff full time suddenly you do get to that point of like, oh, I don't really need to use any of my time because I could use whichever bits of it I want. I could yeah. just, put, I could put that off to tomorrow. So why don't I? And I think, yeah, you realize that you're just doing everything for yourself all of a sudden rather than doing it for your community or for other people. So yeah. I think you need to create ways of, of providing that service to people again, which yeah. I guess again is why those online things were helpful and why things like that are good is because they they remind you oh I am doing this for other people and it does mean something to other people it's not just my ego trip yeah it's it is a service but you have to kind of force yourself to remember that every now and again because otherwise you just sit around oh god yeah well this is like this doing this this kept me connected yeah yeah it, it must be a lovely yeah. way of doing it actually and it's nice that because I learned from the the the, the podcast is 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 now become I learn from every guest that's on it's more it's all about the yeah. guest. It's not. Try, it's not about me trying to kind of put myself out there. I'm trying to talk yeah. to as many interesting and and, and varied people as possible. Yeah, it must so, be a lovely yeah. thing to do it actually, and it's also really just nice. like just practice at conversations. Yeah, must be great in the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you completely forget how to do it. Yeah, it just yes. goes. It's funny, isn't it? That, that how to how do you interact? And it's yeah. When I listen back to earlier ones of these, I'm like fucking hell. <laughs> Or if I listen to some others and I'm not, you get to the point. You go, mate, that's you're just doing a monologue. Let the let the guest have a chat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's you know, we, this is. I think I think what's happened after the lockdown it's made me realise that uh, that idea that you've been sitting on that that thing that you go, oh yeah, I'll do that one day. I think just do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of like waiting for permission. I think in yes. comedy, you feel like it's you need some sort of external sign in order to keep doing the thing you're doing whether that's like oh i need to be doing this for a festival or or mm. i need to wait for somebody to kind of buy this thing off me or whatever but i think 
yeah, it's all a kind of self, like it's all done by people just getting on with things and doing it. And the sort of yeah. illusion of like, there are some gatekeepers we need to impress in order to be allowed to keep doing it is just, all those people are just people doing things themselves anyway. So we might as well all do the thing that we, yeah. that we want to do. Yeah. And keep making stuff. This is it. And I think people, maybe people that aren't in our, our industry, but want to, you know, they want to write a book or they want to just like, write yeah. the book. It's easy to find out how, how to format a book now. Yeah. You can all everything's online. Yeah, all that stuff's yeah. on the internet. That's, yeah, yeah. You can really like train yourself to do whatever it is that you want to do without necessarily having to spend loads of money on like a qualification or whatever. Like obviously yeah. that helps, but all the information is there that you can just teach yourself the skills you want to be able to learn to do the stuff yeah. you want. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. been the other good thing of last year is just seeing lots of people in and out of comedy, but just like picking up the skills to go. I'm going to get into this type of video making and like making certain mm. types of content that you're like I don't even know how they're doing that but obviously people who've just taught themselves the skills and gone I'm going to I'm going to make the stuff that I want to make cuz yeah. it doesn't exist yet so I'll just do it I'll just do it yeah. Isn't that amazing that that's where we're at now that we yeah. can you can just do stuff yeah people can just do whatever <laughs> and I think you you have to sort of remind yourself of that like last year I I was quite productive last year in terms of like just coming up with things that I was like I want to make that so I'm going to make it mm. and then this year that stopped it just sort of ran dry and I spent the first six months kind of doing the waiting thing and going I'm, I'm going to wait till I hear about some decisions on some scripts or whatever before I let myself get too far with things yeah. and then eventually when the decisions do come through you go I just wasted six months I could have like got a whole thing off the ground in those six months whether yeah. it's a film or an online show or whatever like you can just do stuff and I think you go in and out of phases of remembering that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, I, I, people say to me all the time, like you know, I want to do, I want to do comedy. I want, I want to give it a go. I'm like, go and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what everybody did. Yeah, it, all of us were at one point. We just we didn't like we weren't born, and then they, they were going, oh, he's going to be a comedian. Oh, he's going to be an actor. We just yeah. there was a moment where we went. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Fuck it. And then you kind My of... My family, I think, were all very surprised. I think they were all... You were very shy and quiet, and we don't really understand why you've ended up doing that. So, you know, there's no, like, predestined thing of, like, that one. That kid's yeah. got it. And also, I don't know about you in the early days, but most of us who just decided to do it were very bad for a very long time. Terrible. So, you know, it's not even that, like, you do it and you're kind of set for stardom because you're so incredible. You just... You persist through that bit of time where you're like, wow, I am I am no good at this. Yeah. This but is I'm learning stuff. <laughs> every time <laughs> there's just something that pushes yeah. you on to keep doing it and i can't tell i don't know what that is yeah is it is, it's not i don't know what it is because it's you know you the, 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 the like you said the first couple of years you'll get a couple where you go oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm meant to be doing this yeah but for the most part it's oh, fucking it's hell I think I was really lucky because I started at uni in Norwich and it was all student gigs that we ran for our friends, basically. So we'd have like a room full of 50 people who all knew us. Yeah. So they were all delighted to be there and they all thought we were geniuses because it was, oh, it's our friends up there. And I did that for a couple of years. So I had like two years of believing, wow, I'm the funniest guy in town. Yeah. And then you come to London and you do the open mics and you realize you're not, you realize you're quite bad. And the open mic scene is horrible. It's so depressing. It is, yeah. But I guess I had that like confidence boost of, I know what it feels like to think I'm good. So I need to get back to that by becoming good and by just sticking with this. And I do think like the London open mic scene and maybe the open mic scenes all over the country, but like it's so depressing that I think if you don't have that bedrock of, I know I want to get through this bit, yeah. that you would just give up. You'd just go, this is awful. This is... 
saying some bad jokes to one guy and his dog and a load of acts who aren't paying attention so i'll just quit but i think there are some of us who were like no i'll, I'll get through to the other side of this yeah. i reckon there's something in this there's something yeah. in this but i don't know what it is yet yeah but something's yeah, driving me to clear keep doing it. yeah so is that where you did you grow up in norwich around that way no i no. grew up sort of a bit in london till i was about eight and then salisbury for 10 years and then ah. i went and did uh, uni in norwich and then came back to london so i right. always say i'm from london but I'm, yeah. I'm not it's a lie my girlfriend gets very annoyed about it because she has lived in London my whole life she goes you can't do that when there was a 13 year gap that was your main sort of developmental period when you grew up you can't say I grew up in London when you just did it but, uh, but yeah I'm, I'm basically from London yeah 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 in a, in yeah fundamentally yeah yeah, yeah 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 but what was it like growing up in Salisbury I mean is that quite Salisbury's quite, um... just there's I don't want to say it's awful because there were nice people that it would it's it's quite kind of small-minded and and conservative as a yeah. place and the school i went to was it was a very kind of like we want to produce high achieving kind of doctors lawyers right. uh engineers that kind of thing mm. um and I, th I think there were about two teachers who kind of encouraged us to believe that like you could do creative stuff and yeah. I owe them a lot. They were great. And a guy who ran like the local youth theater, he was really helpful. Um, but by and large, I just didn't feel like I fit in very well there. I think I didn't have many friends and just sort of wandered around thinking about stuff I'd rather be doing than the stuff I was being told I, I needed to care about. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually when I got to Norwich, it was very much a sort of like, oh, I can kind of choose the sort of person that I want to be now that I'm here. So I'll, I'll just sort of throw myself into whatever comes my way and then happen to meet some comedians who were like, why don't you do the student comedy night? And then oh, that, I think that really got bound up in my sense of, oh, I found out who I want to be. So for me, it was a real like identity thing. It wasn't yeah. just I'm giving comedy a go. It was sort of like, oh, I've become this person. Um, so it was very, I don't want to, slag it off because I had some nice friends there and lots of them went on to do cool things as well but it was I think I felt like just a bit of a bit of an outsider there yeah I think that's the same in most small towns yeah 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 that element of uh, well I hope uh, some people feel there's something beyond the city walls you know the, yeah. the, the, the walls of the town I know I always I couldn't wait to get out it was always where were you? I, I grew up in Orpington in Kent which is oh, sort of right. It's like it's like fifteen twenty minutes on the train away from London, right? So London had this allure. It was just this like oh wow, and yeah, especially North London weirdly because every time really? I, went to see, I went to see bands, it was in North London, right? All the TV shows that were quite I was interested in, I thought like the young ones and things like that. I thought that was all North London, yeah. even though it turned out they were filming it in Bristol. But, oh right, <laughs> <laughs> but I just had this thing about North, North London, and so when I ended up going and living there for a bit. I just felt I'd arrived. I lived yeah. in Crouch End like all comedians do. Right. There are a lot of them up there. I've only yeah, just yeah. moved to North. I've had to learn everything about... I was South London for about nine years. Yeah. Uh, and now learning all the new stuff. Yeah. It's all right. I was but, very yeah. against it for a long time. I was like, North London's... <laughs> it's not all that. It thinks it's quite cool, but it's it's nothing. I've learned they're, they're all... They're the same. They the are the same, same aren't they? I had a, there was a moment thinking that... I always thought that South London was a bit more grubby. Right. The north. Yeah, it's quite fancy now. Yeah. It's, uh, well, this is it. Lots of people moving moving south. Yeah. Aren't they? Broccoli Sydenham now, Sydney, what? Sydenham's the big one. Yeah. I know about what? about five people, five friends of mine have moved to Sydenham in the last year and a half, maybe. 
You're kidding. Yeah. I mean, I think they moved to be near each other. They all know each other, so right, it's not right, right. five randoms. But <laughs> it's still a trend. It's still a noticeable trend. Jeez. So we'll probably all end up there. We'll all get pushed out to Sydney. All to Sydney. Well, I used to yeah. drive buses around there. I used to drive the, oh, one, really? used to drive the 194 oh. from uh, Forest Hill to wherever it went. Yeah. Croydon yeah. Airport. That was it. Right. There you go. Nice yeah, route. Sit- Past the Horniman. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Just up. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, yeah, up near there, kind of went along the bottom road away, yes. Right. Bloody hell, that was... <laughs> and now we're, we're all living in Sydney, fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, we'll all end up there. It all comes full circle. <laughs> That's it, yeah. If I end up, I, I think... It's funny, when I come down to the... I'm in Tunbridge Wells at the minute, and when I come oh, right. down on the train, I go through Alpington. Yeah. And for, for years, I was like, I'll never go back, I'll never go back. But every now and again, I go through and I go, oh, bless, Orpington. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe as I'm getting older, I think that's what happens. You go, you go home because you're, you're getting ready to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll end up there, I'm well aware. Whenever I go there, I'm like, oh, I can't shake it off and just feel ambivalent about it and just go through and go, oh, it's Salisbury. I always go through and go, oh, this place. Yeah. And not even in necessarily a horrible way, just... It knows stuff about me and it feels weird. <laughs> You're worried it's going to tell it, people. Yeah, it knew me as the different guy. <laughs> but also you, you bump into people who knew you as that guy and they have, obviously they have no context for the idea that you might not be the same kid that you were then. So they really kind of try and, I went back a while ago and somebody, a, a friend's parent or something came up to me and went, how are you doing? Are you still doing your your unicycling or your magic or something. And I had no <laughs> idea what they were talking about. I was like, I knew I was a weird kid, but like just, they seem to have clung on to phases I must have had. Or maybe they were just making stuff up and they were like, he was weird. I can't remember why, but maybe he had a unicycle or some magic. What's the weirdest thing I can think yeah. of? <laughs> something like that. It'll probably be one of those. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, they're sort of right, because in a way I am. So I had to well, go, yeah. yeah, I am still doing weird, stupid shit, but, but not that. Thank Not you. an all unicycle. <laughs> Have you still got a unicycle? No, I had to, had to chuck it out. Really? I don't think I ever had one. I, don't, I really don't know what she was on about with that. I'm trying to remember what I did that, that created that impression for people. Like, oh, he's the unicycle guy. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. weird. I mean, yeah, the thing is, talking to you and sort of, and you know, we, we, we sort of know each other. I, I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing. I think I'm surprised to know that I would have been doing that stuff then. I think I really thought of my my teens as the sort of sheltered, awkward, quiet phase. And then I got into doing fun, silly stuff later. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was always doing it. Because you always create like a narrative for your life that you're like, it was this and then it was this and then it was this based on my experience of it. And then you'll find people who go, no, that's not how (laughs) things happen at all. You've Uh, romanticised that. Yes, I do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they go, no, no, no. Do you remember when you used to wear those? And go, oh, shit, yeah, they were. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a terrible version. I at all. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, doing your paper round on a unicycle. That was probably... Yeah, 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 that was what did it. (laughs) This guy, he can't leave soon enough. Get rid of him. (laughs) Get rid of this prick. We don't want him. (laughs) He doesn't want to be here. We don't want him. I'll tell you where they want this. They want this in Norwich. That's, yeah, they'll they'll love it in Norwich. Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norwich is very much another like weird small, but it felt slightly more... It had a uni, I guess. So I was like, oh, I'm meeting cool people. Yes. It is another weird kind of yeah. village town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I do like it, though. It's a strange, it's lovely. strange one, Norwich. Jos, this has been lovely. It's been really nice. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. Where can we find you, Jos? 
I'm on the internet a bit, I guess. I'm on uh, josnorris.co.uk is my website, and I'm on Twitter and Facebook and things. If you search my name, then they'll they'll show up Excellent. in one of those. It's been an absolute joy. It's Thanks been really nice. Lovely yeah, chatting. Been, Thank you very really, much for isn't having it nice? me. Just having a chat. Yeah, it's, lovely. it's really nice. Yeah. Insane in the membrane. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.